you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Show.com. There you go, folks. Welcome to the big uh, show. We certainly appreciate it. We're our family and friends, as always, being part of our favorite show and our audience. We certainly love you, and we couldn't do it without you. So there you go. Uh, we have an amazing author who's joining us on the show. I think you're going to like her story and her life and her journey and uh, how she's overcome it to lift herself up and be a better person. Now she shares it with everybody else in the world. But until we get to her, as always, we ask uh, just one thing, one simple thing. That's all we want. Um, it's not a cult, but uh, we don't want 10% of your earnings. We don't want your firstborn. Your secondborn, I don't know, send us a picture. <laughs> Let's see if they're any good looking. But uh, no, if, if they have talent, like, uh, I don't know, skills in computers or something. But because uh, we need more of those. Or they're good at gaming. So I need somebody to win my raids for me. But uh, in the meantime, refer the show to your family, friends, or relatives. Go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Foss. LinkedIn.com forward slash Chris Foss. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Foss. And the tickety talkity at Chris Foss 1. Uh, she's the author of the newest book that came out September 16th, 2023. Balance of Power, the Chosen Path series. And uh, Crystal B. Clark is the author. She joins us on the show today. And we're going to talk about her story, her life. Uh, I believe she also does some coaching, uh, life coaching services, and uh, different advice that she helps people as well. Uh, so she's a fantasy author. And uh, yeah. We're getting into all the great stuff about her life. Uh, she made the career move that uh, went into becoming an author. Uh, her book, Balance of Power, is the first in the Chosen Past series, is an epic spiritual fantasy. Uh, she spent most of her professional life in IT, solving data problems, uh, providing insights, and selling work for and to large corporations. This is great because it paid well, uh, but there wasn't a lot of passion, and yet she was successful. And now I think she's found her passion in writing books and sharing her story with the world and improving the quality of it. Thanks uh, for joining us, Crystal. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. It was an awesome intro. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, it's your intro. I didn't do it. It's, you know, it was your life. So there you <laughs> go. Congratulations on the new book. Give us a .com. So where do you want people to find you on the interwebs? Sure thing. Uh, you could get me on my website, movingwithmeaning.com. You can also check me out mm -hmm. on YouTube on Moving With Meaning as well. Um, I'm also on Tickety Talk at Crystal B. Clark with the K and uh, Instagram at Moving With Meaning 82. There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview of the book and what's inside. I mean, don't give us all the details because, you know, it's a novel, so we can't give away everything. <laughs> Certainly. So I guess part of my book really is my life in every piece of my characters, as well as even in the, in the plots. But at its very core, it's essentially uh, the inner struggle that we have day to day. Um, and that what I think about what, well, first and for, foremost, I love fantasy, everything uh -huh. fantasy. So uh, what I did found, find lacking in a lot of fantasy books was character development mm. because 
uh, there's a lot of internal turmoil that makes us go different ways, choose different decisions and so on and so forth. And we don't dig into that a lot and how much that really impacts the story. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of what happened is as I was writing, I realized I was telling my story throughout all these characters. and It just took a life out of huh. in it on its own. Stories of the great owner's manual's life is what I always say. Mm. So tell us a little about your journey, because I know that it's, it's a journey that plays into this, as you mentioned and developed into your book. Sure, sure. So I'm going to take you guys on a tale of self-worth or rather the lack thereof. So I found that after telling my story, uh, it was basically both entertaining and the only other word I could think of is engorging. Mm. And and that's because there's a lot of interpretation of what I envisioned my life to be versus how it turned out and what I did with all that experience. Mm. So I think it's best to kind of like start with the end first. And I I guess you're going to be like, well, who does that and not spoil the story? Well, as you Mm. said, (laughs) <laughs> it's always a developing story so you know it yeah. never really ends well I there guess you go it ends but yeah yes yes so you, it. you might be starting in the middle for all we know yeah the true that true that <laughs> as you said I'm, I'm currently an author uh, a life coach blogger and podcaster and i'm i'm great in it and all that great stuff um and i always seem to keep a toe in it for some reason whatever it is. But every other day, I'm doing what I love, which is telling stories and coaching others in their own career and mental health journeys. Uh, So in a way, my spiritual fantasy uh, genre is literally the manifestation of my life told in various characters and plots. So before my whole world came crashing down, I wanted to get married and have six kids. That was six kids. Yes. Yes. Well, there's still time if you haven't done it yet. No, no. Where are you at now? How many are you up to? (laughs) I'm I'm at three. And let me tell you, if I had the last one first, I would have stopped. So <laughs> well, the last one's going to be his own for her own, her, him, her, or him form of birth control. Yes, it is. Kids, it kids are kind of a form of birth control when you really think about it. They'll do it to you. They'll yeah. do it to you. Yeah. But you I, know what? I, I dated really- uh, when I was in high school. Sorry. I had to cut oh, you yeah, off. Go I just had to oh, get this joke please. in. I went, I dated, uh, when I was in high school, I dated a gal and she, she said, I'm having 12 kids. And years later I met her and I said, you know, how'd that 12 kids thing work out? I <laughs> look at the horror on your face. Um, <laughs> and, and I said, uh, we, we said to her, uh, uh, how'd that 12 kids thing work out? And she goes, no, I, hell, I ain't doing that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what happened? She says, I saw a video of what it likes, what it looks like to give birth. I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. So, sorry to interrupt. My daughter's there. there. Nope, my daughter's right there with her. And I told her, I was like, just consider, please, I want grandkids so bad. But, but yeah, I think she's doing the same thing. (laughs) I did, too. I haven't had any kids because I saw what birth is like. I'm not doing that. So, (laughs) back to where I interrupt you. My apologies. No worries. So, I hadn't really thought much past that, right? That was Mm -hmm. the vision, and that's all I needed Mm -hmm. to do. So, how I so how I was going to afford all of that wasn't a concern, nor was the effort of raising kids. Uh, your parents always make it look so easy, and they never really talk about, you know, what it ain't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, so as far as my life, um, a lot of it really was about being worthy of someone, 
you know, mm. so like my parents, my brother, etc. I I think of it like this. If you are a betting person, put your money on me because mm. I'm I'm a good bet. I'm a good bet. You could never lose. And I never felt that anyone was willing to do that. Oh. So I always had to prove myself. And, you know, I, it clearly I had to make some tough decisions and it just Sometimes it was just for other people, it's always easier to blame me, the mm -hmm. one that's clear headed, the one that's, you know, grounded, rooted. And clearly I was always at fault. Mm -hmm. So let me take you into that, that whole uh, reason. So as, as a child, you really look to your parents, right, as heroes. And I always had this feeling that they would never choose me. Okay. Mm. I, I, I felt like I was being, being raised to be Atlas. Okay. <laughs> like I'm carrying, wow. yeah, the world on my shoulders. So they raised me to be very independent. Um, and someone recently told me on my, on my podcast without emotional intelligence. So I couldn't really express my emotion to my parents. So I had mm -hmm. to write them down. So that's where I found my passion for writing, um, drawing and all that. So as I was growing up and it was, I was really young, uh, I was molested by a family mm -hmm. member. Yeah. And uh, it was another, and this person was two years younger than me. It was a cousin. And so that held a lot of shame. But the thing about this was my mom had always told me, don't ever let anyone do that. And what it, the mistake she made in, in that was that she started listing out, okay, it could be like the, these kind of people could do that. She mm -hmm. left out a family member could do it. Wow. So children latch onto these things, right? <laughs> and so I latched onto the fact that, hey, this is a you know, a kid for one, and two, it's a family member. That's not in the list, she told me, mom. So I immediately became shameful and mm -hmm. I held it in for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um I, you know, basically fast forward to, to to ninth grade, I finally told her what was going on and he was living with us by this time. Oh my God. Yeah, so it was, and that's what happened is that it, it, I, I got scared. He was growing bolder, and what they did was they, and it's interesting because they remember it differently than I do, and I'm kind of like, I know this for a fact. This happened. well, I mean, they, it's your experience; it's not theirs. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I always find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they asked me after I told them. They asked me, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I'm looking like, what do you mean? What do I want to do? Like, what do you want them to stay or you want them to go? And I'm kind of like, something about me as a parent. And I'm like, I would never ask my child that. The, the child or the person, whoever did that, would be lucky to be living. You yeah, know? yeah. So I immediately at that point, I said, see, you're not choosing me. You're not choosing me. Ah, so I kind of see the math there. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyhow. I went off uh, to college and the, when someone abuses you um, mm -hmm. like that sexually, um, they kind of take something from you. They take a lot of innocence from you and they take wanting to explore this with others. So mm -hmm. I became very intimately uncomfortable. Uh, so anyhow, I ended up getting pregnant in college and mm -hmm. I really wanted to keep the baby. I had I didn't have an issue with keeping the child, but uh, a friend of mine, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna know my parents went with me and we we're trying to, you know, have this talk. And she was like, you told your parents? And I said, well, yeah, they were gonna have to pay for it. I, I, didn't, have, <laughs> I didn't have any money. 
<laughs> so, um, but I said, but it wasn't all of that. It was, I asked, they, I said, guys, I can do this. And they, you know, my dad perception was, well, if you have the baby, everything that you're working towards to be to your career and everything, you can kiss it goodbye. Wow. My mom says, no man's going to want you with another child. And they really do not remember this to this day, telling me this. And so that's why I went forward with the abortion. Wow. And I, listen, you chase. This is something that you chase mm -hmm. because that's that's a decision that you can't get back. And mm -hmm. I live with this daily that I regret. Really? Yeah, I really regret that. And, um, you know, so that'll that all plays again into into, into my book. book. It does. There you go. Uh, so uh, the next thing uh, happened is, is as all of this was happening, I started coping uh, mm -hmm. with these emotions because remember, I can't express them. So I started to drink. So oh. I became an alcoholic. And mm -hmm. when I tell you I was an alcoholic, um, I could put them down and I was drinking people who were double, triple my size under the table. I could out drink everyone. Wow. And yeah, I, um, so what ended up happening though, I became depressed with this yeah, and what ended up happening is I started to plan my suicide, but I didn't know that I was planning my suicide. It was, wow. it was, it was weird. So I, I, what happened is remember I told you I was going to get married and I was going to have these Six kids. Yeah. I stopped seeing past my wedding day. Mm -hmm. So, you know how people can see their future or, or you just imagine what things could be. I, I don't see <laughs> past the next few minutes. I don't see past that far. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I stopped seeing past the day I got married. And for some reason, that age was 23. I don't know where that age came out. It was just 23, which it wasn't. But I was like, oh, 23 is when I'm getting married. Oh, what okay. have you? Yeah. So what ended up happening? So at that point. I would like not have any kids. So I wouldn't, so that no longer became insight that was gone. That, that part of my life started to diminish. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, and I ended up kind of having started to waver in faith because my body started to reject alcohol. Yeah. And what a lot of people understand, they, when people take drugs, they call it chasing the dragon. Yeah. And again, on my podcast, I just love it because these guys are so in, insightful you're really running. You're not chasing anything. You're running from. You're the running demon. from the dragon. Yes. It's so. So it was like I was Fridays like, oh, around here. God. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know what? I, I stopped drinking, or, or my body started rejecting it. Like I couldn't smell it. I would get sick, mm. and I remember crying because I am extremely faith based. But I remember crying and to asking God, like. Why would you take this from me? You took everything else, everything, a, a child that I could have had. You, you've taken a lot of my innocence away, you know, everything. This is the one thing that was letting me live and you're taking this. And um, what ended up happening. So here's the thing. <laughs> and this is crazy. And I'm not, I shouldn't be laughing because you're probably wondering why I'm laughing. But well, that's the perspective I think we get when we look back and it, it's yeah. it put it in perspective, right? It's It seems like hell and cathartic at the time. And now we can kind of look back, you know, what they always say, well, you, someday you'll look back on this and laugh. And you're like, really? This is hell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
so, you get older and you're like, yeah, I got, I lived. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, it, and that's the part of the story, you know, you, you yeah. can get through that. But in the midst of me kind of rejecting, my body rejecting this, I, I met my husband in college. Oh. And he is also emotionally withdrawn. So it's like two negatives coming together. But <laughs> well, but he don't was fight much or something. I don't know. Maybe does it work out that way? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? We don't. We don't fight much. That's um, too bad. That sounds like a yeah. healthy marriage. But <laughs> once we once we do, it's oh, like, what right. are we talking about right now? Because we we don't we're we're working through it. Okay. We're working trust me. through it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But he, he was really handy with the drill. So, mm -hmm. so to me, I hit the jackpot, the jackpot. So when I yeah. say a drill, I mean, he's handy. Like, yeah, I mean, that's okay. why most women marry, women marry men. Um, the, uh, let me ask you this. Did when he married you, I had to get that joke in there. It's very on the sly. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, but when he married you, did you tell him you wanted to have six kids? I told him before. Yes, ah, I and did. And he still married you. Well, that's yes. That's well, he married when I told him that he was like, mm, I was thinking maybe two. And I was like, no, it's got to be six or we're not going to make it. And he's like, can we meet in the we, He negotiated with me. To, uh, to, I So we were planning on four. Mm. When three came, I said, no, uh -uh, we can't. I can't. See, do men know one. this stuff. They know. reality. <laughs> yeah. So this I mean, listen. I was so attracted to my husband that I thought I was like out of his league. Like mm. that's how far, that's how attracted to him I was. Mm. And what's kind of creepy was, no, I wasn't. I was exactly his type, like from a physical characteristic perspective. And I know this because when I went to visit his house, he still had like a prom picture up of it with him and his prom date. And that girl looked like me and i was like wow yeah okay okay now is it I'm bad not... to have your prom date on your wall yes. i'm just asking for a it friend. was it was and oh. he took it down so i was because i'm like the self i should probably take down that picture mm -hmm. of my prom date yeah we're looking we're that paying attention weird <laughs> but i mean i'm not i'm not shaming i'm just thinking, being funny <laughs> So this put me in a precarious position, right? Because here I am about to marry the man of my dreams, but make him a widower within two months of our marriage. A widower? Yeah, because I was still planning my suicide. Still... Really? Okay. So yeah. I, I see now. You did. You were planning past your marriage and, and okay. Yeah. And so yeah. you're dealing with depression. Do you know you were dealing with depression at the time? No, no, I didn't. He didn't know a lot. I didn't, like I said, we were emotionally withdrawn, so I didn't share <laughs> I, I, was, I mean, well, I mean, it was just because you're embarrassed. I mean, yeah. I don't want him to know that, you know, and, and then run away. I, that's all I would think. I wouldn't think he would be like, oh, that sucks. Like, you know, where is he? I, which is what he was. But um, because that's what happened. Everyone was always mm -hmm. abandoning me. Um, and so then you might want to ask, well, why are you waiting till after you marry? Yeah. <laughs> why why are you, you know? waiting till after you marry? See, so you set me up on that one. Yeah. So. My dad would always talk about walking me down the aisle. Mm -hmm. So I, I figured I, I didn't want to take, I, let me give him that. I didn't want to take that away from him. And then I, once that happened, I was like, okay, checking out, right? So oh. um, on the honeymoon, I got pregnant. So that's wow. where wrenching things, right? Yeah. And, you know, it happens I, a lot. I hear they've 
they figured out what what goes on that does it. I mean, I think the science behind it. You know what? Me and my husband were incredibly surprised by this because listen, <laughs> listen. You're surprised. It's the honeymoon. I mean, there's things that go on during that time that uh, well, cause these things. We were not careful at all while we were dating. Let me just say, so, read between so, the lines. <laughs> there you go. Plus, it's a you know, it's the whole point of being married. You know, you know. Yeah. You don't need more protection anymore, or something. I hear. I don't know. I, listen, we were dating. It, listen, and we were just buck wild, buck wild, and then nothing happened. It should be the name of your uh, next book. Buck wild, yeah, that might mm. be, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyhow, so I couldn't do it, right? So I had to because now I have a child, which is now going to love me unconditionally. So we'll go ahead and fast forward through like the Great Recession. We kind of went through some homelessness, and now we're three kids in into this thing. All mm -hmm. right. So I ended up making a great career in IT. And, you know, I mean, I was traveling and doing all kinds of things, speaking to large gatherings and so on. So there was, and, th and this was a point of time where I think I had a lot of personal growth because nothing prepares you for the mental and emotional strain working in a corporate environment does. And I think a lot of people try to write books about it. There's not one there that's going to, help you react to people betraying you, people taking credit for your work, um, just all of these things. Uh, so I had to really, because I was an introvert, so I had to come out of my box and be warm and welcoming and, you know, because <laughs> yeah, no one works well with someone who's really cold and closed off. Uh, I had to learn to pick my battles and how to not take things personally. I had to learn to ask for help. That was hard, again, because people, like, I didn't ask for help much. So when I would do it, people didn't immediately give it to me. So I would mm. have to, like, go back and do it. It was like they didn't believe me. So I would have to do it more than once. And I had to get used to asking for help and, you mm. know, not feeling shameful, shamed about it. Mm -hmm. um, then there were times where I had to fake the funk, you know, when you're leading a team. And there's fake so the much. Yeah. 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 And. There's these politics that are happening above your head with the leadership, and you can't let your team know because then it'll be demoralizing to them. Oh, right. Yeah. So think of being, you know, how you in the government or having the multiple roles. You can't tell, you can't freak your people out. So you have to keep them in a performing and a productive way. And mm -hmm. that plague that hurts you inside because you know you're lying to them. Oh. Uh, so before I knew it, I was leading in so many areas. And then I realized, like, a lot of my coworkers were calling me randomly, mm -hmm. either to vent, and then they would be like, well, you know, what do you think I should do? And I had to be really careful because people handle situations differently, and they move at different paces. Yeah. And so, if I, you know, I could be like, I'll tell you what I do, you know, and it's like, no, that's not what you would do. So I end up basically donning my analysis, IT analysis hat, and basically started asking them, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And then from there, it would take off. And after that, you know, I just realized I'm starting to career coach people. And, you know, before you do that, you have to build a relationship first. People aren't just going to come up to you and start telling you all this stuff mm -hmm. if you haven't developed some kind of rapport. So I, I felt like I, as an introvert, I realized, wow, just being vulnerable allows people to come in and develop this sense of trust. So mm -hmm. 
you know, eventually I started to to burn down in IT because I hated doing it. <laughs> what did you <laughs> like, hate about it? I'm curious. Everything, like literally everything. I hated looking hate at everything. data. Yeah, I hated looking at data. I hated people complaining about the data. I hated people like I hated I hated all of this. I hated everything. You know, it, it was like I'm, it's a bunch of whiny babies is, was what it felt like, you know, and <laughs> and you, you just kind of almost roll like you will realize a lot of people who are in IT the ones who are like developers mm -hmm. they're that's why they're really closed off because they're like you know like just leave it over there got it just let me you know um so you're dealing you're, you're hearing these people vent and you're like I don't want to hear all that mm -hmm. um and now to me this is different than a burnout right because it's a burn down mm -hmm. not a burnout burn down Yes, yes. Yeah, I was that's just, Fridays around here. We burn it down. Yeah, right? Because the next day I could I could stay doing IT for the rest of my life uh -huh. and be just fine, you know. But I thought I am much more than fixing other people's data problems. Sounds like a job that a pyro would really enjoy, a pyromaniac. It, it, maybe, maybe. I don't know. They may have the analytical capabilities. Somebody look into that. <laughs> so I confided in my husband and he said, you know, why don't you finish your book? Mm. So here's the kicker. I started my book 20 years ago in college. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And like I said, I got pregnant. I had to work. I mean, just stuff just started taking over. Yeah. So he, he was like, you should finish that. Why don't you do that? Cause you know, maybe that'll take your mind off of a few things. Oh. So I, so I said, sure, well, you know, let me go ahead and do that. That's no problem. And so what I found out while I was writing, I was weaving all of my trauma, all of my thoughts, my experiences, and all the various roles that I've played throughout my life as a mother, as a wife, um, you know, as a career woman, and all of these as a daughter and, and, and so on. And I was weaving them into all of my characters and my plot. And what do you know? That makes for a great story. <laughs> yeah. The stories of life and printed in the stories of, you know, whatever it is, fiction or nonfiction, you know, the collecting stories. I mean, we always say on the show, the uh, stories are the owner's manual to life. And that's how we learn from each other. Stories, Absolutely. movies, TV, books, you know, all these things that we enjoy that we kind of think is like, well, that's entertainment. No, there's things we learn. They're they're how we share each other. No one gets an owner's manual last time I checked, unless I was the only one who didn't get one. But uh, um, stories are the way that we learn from each other. We we learn about experiences, and we also it also helps us find out that we're not alone. Yes, yes, and that's really important because some people, you know, they can they feel isolated. They can feel like, well, this only happens to me. And finding out you're not alone helps you find other people who've gone through what you've gone through, and maybe got over it and or passed through it and healed and you can find out how they healed and heal yourself so it's the beauty of stories absolutely <clears throat> and that's why we do the chris voss show <laughs> yes yes amen so you know what? Hmm. i want to i want to add a little piece to that because um, mm -hmm. I, I my podcast is moving with meaning the mm -hmm. podcast um and one of my members said, uh, one of my guests said something very similar to what you said. It's the isolation and the secret that that binds us. That's mm -hmm. what keeps us in a depressive state. And yeah. once you tell someone, it's out. 
you it can yep. no longer hold you you know so i just the poison inside if you hold it inside will kill you it's like having a it's like having a snake bite of poison putting mm. inside your radioactive rock in yeah. your belly and if you leave it there it will just tear you up it'll destroy you and it'll be like a poison so you've got to let it out you've got to bleed it out like you would bleed out a snake bite Absolutely. Uh, I guess you'd have to poop out the radioactive thing if you put it in your stomach, but uh, that's, that's your problem. Um, the, the, uh, but no, you've got you've to let that poison out and share it. And that, then usually you find other people in the world that are like, hey, that happened to me too. Or, you know, you search at other people. And finding out you're not alone, you know, that's the problem with, you know, you talked about suicide, wanting to commit suicide. Yep. There's people that um, they think they're alone. They think this is, you know, they're isolated and uh, they think that if they end it, it'll get better. And there's so many people who have gone through that um, that can give them the tools that they use to get out of it and stories of those tools. So you, you incorporate these and you lead them into your book. Um, tell us about more about the book and what goes into it. Sure. So, um, so it's, a, it's a spiritual fantasy. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to think of it as, from two perspectives, uh, a spiritual aspect is is um, what the faith of a mustard seed. So, if we all had the faith of a mustard seed, what that is, what that means. Or what if two, I eat a lot of mustard seeds? I love mustard. No, seeds. no, no. <laughs> the same thing. No, no. Right. <laughs> and then the second part of that is, what if we use our entire brain capacity? So, kind of like phenomenon with John oh. Travolta, but without the, the tumor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so that's kind of what it is. And so there's, they're able to uh, basically do things supernaturally. Mm. Different people are able to do supernaturally based on their belief mm. in, in something. And, and, and so it's, it's basically um, it's a, a tale that basically talks about our cultures various mm -hmm. different cultures and how we are all fighting for the same thing, mm -hmm. but we have different principles that we believe in. Mm -hmm. And that basically kind of push and pulls in the balance, if you will, of power. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about that and or the characters go through that, but it's very much with the, fan the fantasy tropes of swords and um, uh, cloaks and all that good stuff. Kind but of medievalish, or that whole sort of uh, Tolkien sort of fantasy settings. To Tolkien, I would say okay. that. N not mm -hmm. medieval. Someone when I was doing okay. a, a book uh, cover, that's what they were asking. Like, how does it? I was like, you know, I don't know. It's like Egyptian. Okay. Like, yeah, if you think of it that way, you know, it's mm -hmm. not castles and stuff, but mm -hmm. but it's very you know um, Star Warsy. Yeah, my my daughter describes it as Hunger Games meets uh, Game of Thrones and mm. all that stuff. Cause see how in Game of Thrones, if we went to different places, they don't look the same. Yeah. Right. And they are they they operate differently. It's mm -hmm. very similar to that. And so we weave all of these things in, and you have all these plots, suspicion, and tons of cliffhangers. I mean, it's as I was writing it, I was just like, oh my god, this is, you know, I was just engaged into it. Um. So it's a good read. There Don't you go. Read it. The balance of power, or balance of power, I should say. Uh, the Chosen Past series. Now, is, is this, do you have some other books you're cooking right now? Are you working on? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I am uh, working on two other books. Uh, one is the sequel to uh, the, the Balance of Power. 
uh, book two in the Chosen Path series. And the second one is my memoir, which basically tell is basically my story in how uh, my world and consultant consulting developed my personal growth. Mm. And that's how I, you know, present myself as a life coach. Oh, and it's one of the things that this one manager told me, he told me perception is reality. And mm. I was like, okay, noted, you know, and that's the truth. I, I mean, it, so I, one of the first, the first uh, chapter in that memoir is the truth doesn't matter. That's mm. what it's, it's. So I'm going to leave you with that little tidbit because it's a great book. It's yeah, a great definitely. memoir. Most yeah. definitely. The um and I noticed that it uh it, the, the chosen evidently is a child. Uh yes yeah mm -hmm. so um yeah based on the there is so basically um people have we've evolved so this is basically dystopian post apocalyptic so mm. we have gotten too greedy and too big too powerful um. uh, that we've basically destroyed the world because of that. Right. I've seen that movie. It, se it seems to be coming the way we're going with AI and stuff. So there like, you go. Yes. So we've destroyed ourselves and nature has basically reclaimed the earth again. Well, oh. I'm saying earth, but this is a different place. Okay. okay. Uh, um, a dimension. So mm. I bring dimensionality into that. Right. Because I love Marvel. Okay. We talked about, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and the different versions of, of Spider-Man. All that is in mm -hmm. there, baby. It's good. <laughs> Uh, so, um, but yeah, so the, the great spirit, uh, basically sends a child, uh, and this child based on whoever, whatever society claims the child, finds the child and raises them up in their ways can shift the world into push it forward or they could drive it backwards. Right. And so in this particular uh, scenario, when one child dies, another one is born with this particular type of spirit and they have to go find it. Oh, and wow. When they, yeah. So when they find this particular child, I'll just throw a little snippet in there. They don't find one. They find two. Ah. So what? who is the chosen? We don't know. <laughs> we do that on Fridays around here. Uh, we play the Friday game. is Who's a good day. <laughs> the tail on the donkey, I think, is what the, how we kill. I don't know what that means, uh, but there's a lot of vodka involved. Um, so this seems really interesting, um, and it goes through and 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 you've incorporated a lot of your life into it. And you know, you there's a lot of lessons I think that you probably learned or taught yourself or maybe experienced. And and this is the power of stories in life. You get to put them into a book, and and without your life's journey, you might not have a book. Yes. That's yeah. exactly what one of my arc readers said. I said, I know yeah. I should have, I should have wrote this 20 years ago. And she said, no, no. Cause you wouldn't know the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She, she said, I know you, I know you through this book. I know wow. you now. Wow. Yeah. That is super powerful. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your life coaching too. Um, Cause we don't want to give away the middle or the end of the book. We want to give people a good tease out. Uh, what do you do in your life coaching thing that helps people? So uh, here's what's interesting. I was giving, these people were calling me and they're, you know, and I'm giving all this advice out. And then I found out like people actually get paid for this. <laughs> so I'm like, I've been, yeah. So yeah, I'm I like, that experience oh. Too. oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, like you pay me for the stupid shit that I'm doing. All right. right. You know, so, um, so yeah, so I do specifically uh, career 
coaching and mental health coaching. Ah. Yeah. So I help folks. Um, a lot of people, um, well, I can just tell you what, what they do is they'll, they'll give me a call on the discovery. And what we'll do is we'll develop a nice rapport and we'll talk about basically they're either trying to choose from a career perspective, they're trying to choose whether they should stay in their current um, position or company or should they leave, mm. right? And so what I do is, and it's, it's not like therapy, what I do is I just ask questions, mm -hmm. right? And I, I just basically, well, why do you feel this way? Mm. What's, what's making you do something? And, and the first question that I always, uh, or I always, the first statement that I always say is you want to make sure that when you are decide making these decisions is you want to make sure that you are running towards something and not running away from something. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of the strength of my coaching comes from, because I'm always speaking to them as to one, don't, don't try to do this overnight. It doesn't go that way. And two, make sure you're wanting towards something. You're not mm -hmm. running away. So uh, we make decisions, certain decisions, we make decisions really um, emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I try to basically kind of bring that, take, take the emotion out of it and add the logic into it. And so we really, and, and through that, they find, you know, one, yeah, I was emotional. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have done that. Um, or, yeah, so we just kind of help do this. And so what we do is we, we meet once a month, we develop, we have this discussion, they come up with their own action items. Um, and then I would meet with them, uh, depending on what package they have, either a week later or a month later. And we discuss the progress on that. Hmm. The, the kicker on that is that I was like, I could go and say, hey, so how are we dealing with that? They may say, yeah, I don't want to talk about that today. Today, I want to <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> so funny coaching people. Yeah. Yeah. So then you have to be adaptable to say, okay, well, then let's talk about that because that mm -hmm. kind of, that's a fallout, right? Or that may mm -hmm. be something that's on their mind for the day and they want the help to figure that out. They want the help. They like deciding and making these decisions on their own, their own and they don't realize that they have it in them. Mm -hmm. So I help that. I help them with that. There you go. Uh, and so people can onboard with you. They reach out to you. The, you do a test call with them or a, I forget what they call it. Discovery. Uh, discovery call. There you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, all that good stuff. I see on your website too, you have the Chosier, you have coming soon two books, the Chosier Past series and Perception is Reality uh, coming. So what's it like writing? Are you writing the two books at the same time? Yes, I am. So Part of on my website it, that I will be um, starting to uh, post about is it's not there yet, but it's an author's corner, but it's how I share my writing style mm -hmm. and my writing technique. And so what I do is I, I outline. So as long as I have an outline, I can write because I, I will never lose what my mind was, the thought that was the path that I was going on. So um it's almost like a research paper. You know, you remember how we had to write research papers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really what I do. So I'm outlining my, I outline my memoir and I outline my uh, chosen path book and I just dedicate different times to them. There you and go. I'm passionate about both of them. So it, it's not a problem. I could finish them 
if I wasn't doing so much promoting, they would be done by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do the promoting part and get it out yep. to people and all that good stuff. So this has been fascinating, Crystal. Uh, give us a final pitch on everything you do, uh, the podcast, your uh, coaching, your, the book. Uh, give us the final pitch out as we go out. Sure. Well, ever since uh, I've been writing and doing my podcast and creating content, I've been connecting with people more and more. And I really didn't think that I was that interesting, but I'm starting to see why now. Mm -hmm. And if anything, um, there is a lot that you can take within yourself through not only through my story, but reading this book, it will take you on your own journey. Mm -hmm. And that is the bet. That is the only thing that I desire for everyone who, who reads the book. It's not reading me. Hopefully you get to know me, but it's about what you take from it as well. There you go. The stories that we learn and the lessons we learn from each other. Thank you so much for coming on, Crystal. It's been a lot of fun having you and very insightful. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate Thank you. you. Uh, give us the dot coms one more time so people can uh, check those out. Sure thing. It's movingwithmeaning.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and then TikTok at Crystal B. Clark. That's K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-B. Clark. <laughs> there you go. And Instagram at Moving with Meaning 82. Okay. Uh, order it up, folks. Wherever fine books are sold. Uh, it's called Balance of Power, The Chosen Path Series. Available September 16th, 2023. Thanks to uh, Crystal for coming on the show. Thanks to our audience for being here. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives, or else. No, I don't. It's, it's not like that, people. We're just teasing you. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, uh, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Foss. Subscribe to the LinkedIn newsletter. And and go to uh, Chris Foss 1 on the Tiki Talkity over there. Uh, thanks, Amanis, for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.